Welcome, everybody, to the worst podcast that I have personally ever heard. I'm no tweet, Ryan. Who I have with me today? Well, uh, Luke the Duke, because that's my new name. I gave it to myself. I actually never heard. I didn't know we changed the name of the podcast. That's interesting. I like you know, how you uh, added I on that. Really, you know what? I can't wait for uh, Mike. I'll let you go ahead. And <laughs> here we got somebody else. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Luke, I can't wait for August to smack the shit out of you. But anyways, Mike, you can go ahead. Yeah, I'm yeah, here. Don't let me. Yeah, allow me to retort. But no, go ahead, Pico. Yeah, I'm here. The, I'm I'm here. That's all that matters is I'm here. Okay, you can fight it out now. Okay. See, we we would fight it out right now, and I, there's nothing more that I would like to do than embarrass Luke right now, but got something better to talk about because we have to save it for august mike what did you do yesterday <laughs> oh, i didn't get man. a word in <laughs> go ahead luke because i don't know if no i'm fine go ahead I, uh, should i should i tell the whole story should we go through this should we do this right here I, on the podcast? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have an hour for your story but this I mean, is an audio you... diary mike okay so basically i'm sure everyone knows the all-out ticket sale was insane Seventy-two thousand people tried to get eleven thousand tickets so we had like like six computers set up on my end. Luke was on, I think, his phone or something. Um, and I, I had my computer. phone and your computer. So you had two. There was like amongst both of us, like we had like 10 devices. And Tommy had his computer here and his phone. It was insane. And the lines were nuts. This was the worst. If they do it, the Sears Center for ticket buying again i give up because it's so bad how they did this and the fact that there were seventy-two thousand people that were trying to get tickets that was just crazy in itself so we had to go through this again last year i got lucky and i was able to get three tickets shout out to tommy's computer for getting three tickets to all in this year all out not so lucky so what happens we didn't get any tickets 15 minutes later we're like, okay, what the heck's happening? Finally, I get in to like buying tickets and nothing was available at all. So that was great. And then basically 30 minutes later, they announced that tickets sold out in 15 minutes, which is the time I predicted. And that's where that first story ends. So then I decide, hey, let's still go to the Sears Center just for the heck of it. And, you know, like see if they, you know, they had like the sign on the, the billboard. Like, the like little- any normal person would do. Exactly. Like any normal, <laughs> any sane person would go to the Sears Center. I walked in. And I was like to the guy, I'm assuming all out tickets are sold out. He was like, yep, all set out. We turned around, walked out and we went to the Culver's that was right next there. And I'm scrolling. What did we order? Through... What did we order? Stop, 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 stop. All right. So <laughs> I got what? a double butter burger plain with just cheese and cheese. That, that's not plain. That, I'm sorry, but you got cheese and it's a butter burger. That's not plain. Okay, well, what am I supposed to say? But okay, we can say that for for our food podcast, the worst food podcast you ever heard. Anyway, so as I'm as I'm sitting there eating, I'm worried about the tickets because I'm like the fact that we don't have tickets. Man, that's news to me. What? That yeah, this guy. He was stressing out, and you know what? Actually, his stress and his worries were actually uh, came true <laughs> because I was telling him to relax. We were both telling him to relax for like two weeks. We're like, we'll we'll be fine. Oh we'll, yeah. But it actually turned out we weren't fine. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, for, for weeks because because they didn't have to experience the ticket buying process with the Sears Center because they just bought it secondhand uh, last year because they did it like a couple months after tickets went on sale, which it's fine. Like I'm glad that they went to the show. If it wasn't <laughs> for them going, it it wouldn't have been a fun trip. Like you know, as it was, like it would have been fun. But with everyone, it was even better. So 
like they didn't have to experience the ticket buying process. And this year it was even worse because of the Sears Center doing their little things to try to make it better. And basically I was I was right. I was like, yeah, like this is gonna be a disaster. And they were like, no, it's okay, like don't worry. And it was a disaster. So I'm sitting there in Culver's scrolling through StubHub and I'm like, you know what? Like we just have to buy tickets. Like we just have to buy tickets. Like I'm not gonna I said I didn't want to buy tickets on my phone. And I said, when we get back to my house, I'll just buy the first tickets that I find that are under 200. I, I'm not going to, you know, I just can't do this. I can't not have tickets. I'm I, it's just I'm an impatient person. I need the tickets and I need them now. So I found some. I texted it to the group. Luke was sleeping, I'm pretty sure. I bought them. We're not going to talk about the money. It was... If I if I if I was rich, I would pay you know pay for everyone's tickets because I felt bad because the the fees the fees were for StubHub I'm never buying from StubHub again. SeatGeek is not a sponsor, but if they were, I would say how awesome they are because they're the best and that's the only thing I use. But sadly, there was no all-out tickets on SeatGeek, so shout out to SeatGeek. I'm never buying from StubHub again because the fees were out the door, out the window. It was insane how how much the fees were, and and. <sighs> we're going right. to the show. So, um, we're going to the show. I I liked Mike's intervention this week. I do think he got some stuff off of his chest. We have seen you some think? improvement. Um, there was no no negative vibes towards the graphic design. So this is steps of improvement. <laughs> Mike, you have shown mental strength. Um, you persevered. You found uh, a way to get through. So I applaud you. So I think we all round of applause for Mike. Uh, there we go. He persevered. I was at work <laughs> for part of it. Oh. And so I was sitting there and my phone kept blowing up and I'm like, whatever. And all I, the last th- text I remember was Luke saying, see you guys on the other side. And I just remember that's when I realized, oh, fuck, <laughs> we might not actually get the ticket. <laughs> it's because that see you on the other side felt so damn real. <laughs> and, and I was just like. You know, what if? Yeah. Like, because this whole time I had been pretty optimistic. I had pretty much told everyone, I was like, well, listen, like, it'll be fine. Mike, just stop your stresses. Like, we'll be good. And then all I saw was just nothing. Like, when I saw silence, I realized we were <laughs> fucked. <laughs> well, you know, I, I did. Uh, we were still correct. I mean, I'm not to get philosophical here, but I am a believer in somehow, some way things work out in the end. And I was mm-hmm. like, no matter what happens here, like we're going to go to the show. Like it's not going to not happen. So, yeah, we ended up paying uh, way lot. over face value. Yeah. Um, uh, and you cost me some more money last night, but that's beside the point. So I gotta tell a story real quick. Please when, don't. When I was no 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 no, no 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 this is different. When I was at Culver's, when I was oh. sitting at Culver's, I was I was in I was wearing my all in shirt. I had my AEW hat on like the mark I am, and all of a sudden we're sitting there buying tickets, and we just I just purchased the tickets, and all of a sudden a Culver's employee. Shout out to this employee if he's listening. I know he's not, but if he is, shout out to you. He comes up and he's like, "I saw your hat. I have to ask, did you get tickets?" And I was like, "Dude, you have no idea. I just spent like a." ton of money right now on StubHub and he was like oh yeah I had to work at 10 they went on sale at 11 so I had my friend buy tickets and he got three for us and in my in my head I was like oh yeah you know yay whatever and then but in, in, I was like oh like you have no idea how like you are that Woody gift that you see like I, I imagine Mike doing that <laughs> grimacing look that Luke randomly will tweet sometimes 
<laughs> Mike's obviously with a wrestler, but he looks really angry. But here's the thing is I think that that's what Mike actually looks like when he's angry too. So I feel like that's probably the glance the Culver's guy got. And he was like, here's your fake plain butter burger, buddy. Like, <laughs> here's your butter burger, buddy. <laughs> um, but, it was, uh, I'm not finished. So it was a little, uh, <laughs> it was a bit stressful, but we uh, persevered and all that mattered. I don't think anyone cares about the queue and that I was nine thousandth in line and all of that. But yeah, what was what was the highest that you had, Luke? Uh, I had my computer was at eleven thousand and nine. Oh, here's the thing: when I don't want to get into it really, but they didn't even say like, okay, you're waiting in line. They just had a timer at the bottom, and that's yeah. when I found that. Yeah, that's when I found out you could have gone on there like a half hour early and been in line. Here's the thing know. with that: I I I was on there since seven in the morning, Luke. I was on that website on two computers. Oh, I don't believe you because you must have exited out of it then. No, well, here's the, here's what I didn't know. I didn't know there was going to be a queue. I just thought at the okay. So normally for like Ticketmaster, you refresh a minute before, and then by the time it refreshes, it'll be like the time the, the sale happens, and then you can buy the tickets. I didn't know there was going to be a queue. If I knew there was going to be a queue, I would have refreshed like every five minutes, so then I would have gotten one of those early spots in line. So when I realized that there was a queue. I was like, oh, maybe I should refresh. I refreshed and I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. As soon as I refreshed and I saw that there was like a line, essentially, I just put my hands on my head and I was like, this is like, this is the end. Like, this is it. Like, this is my death. Mike, I heard you were on a different side at this time as well. (laughs) I think that 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 your streaming services, uh, as you're as as you're an expert in finding proper streams, do you think that had any effect on slowing down my computer? So anyway, one of the matches that got announced was John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. So what do you guys think about that match? I I just like clearly I'm excited and like that's going to be one of the biggest selling points of why I wanted to go to this show is to see Moxley versus Omega. But I also saw it coming like a mile away. So I was like, all right, this is sweet, but like kind of no pigeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they hyped it up too much and they were like, oh, big announcement. It's like, okay, well, like we all expected that. Like that's how I felt at least. Like it's, I'm glad that it's happening, but it's like, I thought that was going to, yeah, I'm not done. I thought that was going to happen at Fight for the Fallen. I thought they were going to give it away there. No. uh, I'm so glad they saved it. Yeah, same. Because then they also have the Jericho and Hangman match for the first title. Uh, whatever the the, the first champion is going to be crowned and that should be interesting like you know i really don't care for jericho that much but uh i, I think he's going to win the title i think he's going to be the first champion i feel like he has to be the first champion and just because you said that i'm going to disagree no uh <laughs> it's bad to say this like i'm obviously looking forward to being at the show where they crown the first champion but i'm also like i i it's not that i don't care about this match like i obviously care about it but i'm like my in my head the main event is moxley and omega like currently yeah and i understand first title like that's gonna be the big part of the show but like and it's nothing against jericho and hangman because those guys are both great but in my head i'm way more excited for omega and moxley like by far oh me too and i think it's because there's more um I guess aggression behind it because all you know jericho and hangman got paired together because of you know you know, a battle royal and a number one contenders match. So they were just thrown together. Whereas, you know, Moxley and uh, Omega, there's some grittiness behind it. There's some aggression. It's fresh. Like, you got these two wild personalities. And I think it, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And I, obviously, the world title should main event, but what's so, so fucking funny? 
but it's also something where I'm like, I actually am like emotionally behind. Like right. I understand, yeah. like with Jericho and Hangman, like obviously you want, like I personally want Hangman to win whatever. But in terms of the Moxley and Omega match, it's like after hearing Moxley on Jericho's podcast, you really are like rooting for this guy to do something good and you want him to steal the show just so he can kind of turn back and give the finger like, you guys didn't think I could be a main eventer or steal a show. Like mm-hmm. I just tore it up with this guy who's never been on Monday night raw or SmackDown, which that is not to discredit Omega. It's just with Vince's mindset. If you haven't been on raw, like you're, you're nothing, you know? And just for the both of them to be able to turn back and be like, this is why we're the alternative. This is like, we're not even the alternative, the competitors. And this is like, this is why. Well, and then you have uh, Moxley speaking to him. He's in New Japan, and he's the United States champion over there, which is pretty crazy. And uh, who's the, maybe he might have that all the way to uh, All Out, you think? I don't even really think about that till now. It's possible. Uh, I, part of me doesn't think so just because of the contractual obligations with AEW. You know, like, I, it's not that I don't think Moxley should have the title for that long. Like, I obviously think he's great. But I also feel like... He's going to have that steam. He's going to have the run, but I do think he's going to drop it maybe right before. Um, I mean, unless because the thing is, is New Japan is having a show the same day as All Out and they're not going to want their title to be seen at All Out when they're running a show the exact same day. I didn't even know that. Isn't the G1 like finals like before, like a couple weeks before, uh, like all out, or am I going backwards with that? Oh, uh, let me phone a friend, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know exactly, but maybe like on the G1 finals show, like maybe he'll lose like the title then or something like that, and then because I know the idea is that he's gonna go like full time once the full time TV starts, essentially for AEW. Eh, I know how to speak AEW. But the one thing that I found interesting was um, when I went like past the arena and they had like the graphic. It was still it was Jericho and Hangman, and I would think that they would switch it up between that graphic and Moxley and Omega because everyone knows. You know, obviously everyone knows Jericho, but also like John Moxley, you know, Dean Ambrose, like that's like a, a big name in wrestling right now uh, because he just left WWE. So I would think maybe they want to switch that up and maybe someone's like, hey, isn't that Dean Ambrose? And maybe they're like, hey, let's go check out AEW or something like that. But yeah, wrestling is fun. And you know what is also cool? Speaking of um, wrestlers who are contracted AEW, all of them <laughs> You're are just going to much- say wrestling. I was like, well. <laughs> Speaking of uh, wrestling, (laughs) yeah, not a smooth transition. No, but it's cool to see all of the AEW guys. uh, I guess they're letting them just do indie shots everywhere. John Moxley just did Northeast Wrestling, and he Mm -hmm. took on uh, Darby Allen, which was uh, I saw some clips of that. See, that's something that I really like too. Is with Moxley, he could be one of those guys, which I originally thought he was going to be, just a guy who was very selective. Yeah, he's going all over the place, and I'm loving it, man. I'm yeah. I'm really loving the just the starving like I mean he's not a starving artist by any means because he's he's got a lot of money but that starving artist vibe of no I'm not here to just like do one show every once in a while like I'm out here to grind and that's it's something that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, it's no longer about the money. I don't think it ever really was about the money and you get a guy like that who's just a free spirit anyway. I remember us talking like months ago on this podcast about Matt Riddle and, and John Moxley and guys like those who just have a hard time conforming to a corporate environment. Yeah. And 
I'm amazed he lasted as long as he did. And he was just fucking wanting to explode by the end of it. But yeah, it's cool to see him having fun. He said he feels 18 years old again and he's, uh, he's as happy as he's ever been. I mean, but you know, (laughs) what made you uncomfortable? That's what he said. I don't know. He said, I feel 18 years old again. I don't know if he didn't mean in a pedophilia way, (laughs) (laughs) but that's cool. So lots of, lots of things going on here. Yeah, and but you know, since the last time we talked, obviously double or nothing happened, and Luke, you were there. What was kind of like your live experience, even though that was a couple of weeks ago? But what did you think about the show from a live aspect? Um, it felt pretty much like All In Two, which I guess there already is an All In Two, right? <laughs> um, but <laughs> that atmosphere was there. The crowd was so hot, and uh, when Moxley came out, I hate to keep going back to him, but. Uh, <laughs> The, the crowd was just fucking insane. It was, uh, the atmosphere was awesome. Had a great vibe. Um, I don't want to run down the whole card or anything, but it was well worth the, uh, the four hour drive in the hot Las Vegas sun. Let me tell you. Well, that's good. Let's hope that, uh, you know, the August is the same thing. The entire weekend and everything, you know, we got star cast going on as well. And it's going to be a, a fun, you know, full weekend of events. Sting, so. And the, <laughs> The other thing I wanted to mention, um, Sting. W- real quick, before like we transition into something else, is in two weeks, me and Ryan are going to an AAW show. And I know, Ryan, like when was the last AAW show that you went to? Because I know uh, they did LaSalle shows. I think it was February of 2018. Okay, because I haven't been in one since 2015. And I, I think it was like the, the place we're going, which is in Marriott Park, Illinois. It's called 115 Bourbon Street. And that venue is awesome. And I'm excited for the show, even though there's like, I'd say a good like 90% of the wrestlers on the show. I have no idea who they are. Never heard of them before. There's like people I do know, like Eddie Kingston and Jimmy Jacobs. And that's really about it. But uh, me, me and Ryan will be in attendance for that AEW show in, uh, in a couple of weeks. And uh, it should be fun because it's been a couple of years since I've been to a show. And, like, I really wouldn't consider the two AAW shows that I've been to AAW shows. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. they were. But I went. both of the venues that I went to were both very, like, temporary venues. Uh, one was in, like, Pontiac, and it was, like, an old strip club biker gang bar. <laughs> I mean, like, and I and I was, like, 14 years old looking around at these fans, and there's bars that there are the bras and panties flying around on them. And I'm kind of like all right, cool. Like where's ACH and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, so, I mean, and I was like 14 at the time. And then the last one I went to, it wasn't like anything where, um, I mean, I saw it was AAW guys. I mean, Riddle, Pentagon, Phoenix, Jeff Cobb, all of those guys were there. Um, so it was a stacked card, but it, I feel like it's one of those deals where I'm, I'm not trying to compare apples and oranges with AAW and PWG, uh, obviously two completely different, uh, companies now but it's the venue and the crowd that really makes it and i feel like the crowd in LaSalle and pontiac is not the general aaw crowd i feel like there's the environment with that bourbon street venue yeah and i mean it, between the bourbon street venue and before like for years they used to run the um the venue in berwin the i think it was the berwin eagles club um and that was like that was awesome like it was such a small venue and there was only one exit and like if you were by the entrance like i used to sit like right by the entrance and you had to walk all the way around and it was like a tiny hallway of like 
way to get around the place. So that was like a cool venue to like, you know, see matches in and see all these stars. Like Kevin Steen was like one of the people that I saw there. And obviously Cole Cabana and like the people who used to do AAW shows back in the day. But uh, I, I like, I, I really, really like the like Bourbon Street type, you know, I guess like setup now. And obviously the last time I was there, they didn't have as many people going to shows as they do now. And the seats that we have are the best. I love the row two stage seats because you're right on top of the ring. You're right next to the entrance. We're literally going to be like literally right next to the people as they're walking out. And then you're just sitting level with the ring. And honestly, like that's one of the coolest like experiences I've had is sitting on the stage. So I'll probably be jumping in there, you know, just throwing a few rounds. Me and Ryan might have a match in the ring. It might be five stars. It might be 10 stars. I don't know, but there will be a match happening for the host of this podcast and luke will be the special guest referee we're gonna fly out luke i was just gonna say i'll try and make the show and see what i can do if you if you get luke if you can make the show i will buy you a ticket (laughs) oh man that's fair i mean this is this is kind of like the appetizer for august for the ywc backyard brawl exactly Um, i got the ring set up right now so pico I i didn't see your backyard i don't think Lifetime. Well, guess what? You're going to stay here for how many days? Like three or four days? So you're definitely going to see my backyard this time. There's nothing back there. Well, that's but... all gross. Don't get sexual on me. So, um, no one got it. That's fine. <laughs> anyway. No, I was thinking, Ryan, what was, because you said you haven't been to an AEW show in a while. What was that indie show you went to like a couple months ago, if that? I went to an indie show a couple months ago. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, you did. I, I think don't... I think you did. Or you were going to. I didn't I there was oh, I was, uh, so I was actually supposed to go to glory pro which is one of Elgin's shows but oh. uh, I had a statistics exam the next morning so uh, oh, okay I, and, and the meet the main meet and greet would have been Pentagon and Phoenix but I was I already met them so I was kind of like you know I uh, I'd rather get an A in this class so sorry education <laughs> oh. so it's a real bummer but anyways that's that's in the past. Let's talk about contracts that are up and that were supposed to be up recently. But then Maria and Mike Kanellis signed a new multi-year deal with WWE. Uh, Does this guy, does this surprise you guys at all? Yeah, they, they worked everybody, which was funny. I think I really do believe that they wanted to leave in the beginning, but now with AEW being financially competitive, uh, you've heard, everyone's heard that WWE is throwing way more money at people. So I think that it was just like, well, we have a family now and they threw more money at us. So business wise, we're going to, it's a great decision to stay. And, uh, the standard three year WWE contracts that everyone's always heard about over the years are now becoming five year contracts. And that's supposedly what these two are under now. So, wow. yeah, they're getting serious. <laughs> they're locking people down and paying them more and i think uh, gallows and anderson and the revival have turned down pay raises already and well, that's good because i really so. want to see the i really want to see the revival in aew because i feel like for so long that's been such a back and forth and obviously the ftr stuff was like something that was a joke on being the elite and then it transformed into being like on the gear of the revival like in their matches and stuff so i thought that was really cool and i think that's one of the matches that i really want to see is the young bucks and the revival and i feel like the bucks are kind of like saying to have to them like hey like 
you know, you're, you're, you can come here anytime. Like, we'll, we'll take you over here because they want to have that match and they want to have that feud. And obviously there's like, a, there's like over the years, there's been like built up storyline to it. Because I remember the one time when on Being the Elite, Nick Jackson's backpack got stolen in real <laughs> life and they turned it into a thing. And then on a WWE interview, uh, like for their YouTube channel, uh, the revival were in the back of an interview carrying the backpack. Like it wasn't the same backpack, but it was like, it was like they were talking. It was like the coolest thing. And that's one of those things where it's just a little thing, but the fact that they kind of worked with each other and it was, you know, hidden in the background and not really like too prominent in front for WWE. I just thought that was always cool. So like, can you breathe? Are you okay? <laughs> well, back, back to the contract situation. This, this poses an interesting question. Now that they're, trying to get everybody under five-year deals, you think that would deter people from re-signing and signing with them? Because five years is such a huge commitment. I mean, who's to say that you'd even want to be there after three? Yeah, and the thing is, is I. but at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of people from the outside looking in who that it was their dream the whole time was just WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something that I think every wrestler, no matter what they say, uh, wants to be able to check off WrestleMania, like off of their bucket list. And there's certain things that they genuinely want to do there. So that five-year deal, while to a guy like, or a team like the Revival, who's already experienced those things, they, they're kind of like, well, we got this, like, let's move on. But to a guy from the outside who's a free agent, who's never gotten a taste of that WrestleMania uh, crowd vibe, uh, they might go in on it. Well, but you get guys who like independent stars who are reluctant to sign with them. Like, ah, I maybe want to do a year there, three at most. But then you they presented with a five-year deal, then they might just turn it down altogether. So this probably could be the end of a lot of top indie guys coming in because they just don't want to commit for that long. I don't think. No, I I unfortunately don't think that's going to change. But off of the subject of guys going to WWE. Uh, we had someone return after leaving WWE, Kenta, coming into New Japan. What did you guys think about that? That was awesome. I was watching Dominion Live, and honestly, I didn't know what to expect. But then, obviously, when Kenta showed up, I was like, like that actually shocked me. Because I did not expect that. Obviously, he had his TakeOver shirt, which I thought was funny. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like I genuinely did not expect that like right then and there and it was like three in the morning to add on top of it so you know between being half asleep and you know seeing kenta it's like am i watching nxt now but i kind of forgot about him so seeing him i was like that's awesome welcome back i the thing that popped me most was his quote where he just called himself like stupid hideo atami like (laughs) i don't know why just that quote in itself just popped me because i'm like he must have really hated it, you know? Like, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would say that stuff. Well, it's weird because, like, he didn't have a bad career. He just had bad luck. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, and, yeah, he didn't speak English, but I, I still think he could have done better than he did. He was just really injury-prone, and it really – it's not his fault. But now it, I think he's 39 or 40, and he's going to New Japan. It'll be – interesting to see how he does and it's weird because you he's a japanese legend but i don't think he's ever worked there before it was just with noah right yeah i believe i'm not 100 percent sure i'm and not a new japan expert by any means the one thing that i yeah, thought sure. about was like he was in that he won a spot to be in that wrestlemania 31 battle royal like the yeah, he won the that, yeah. so why didn't he if he would have won that like battle royal i know the big show won, but like if he would have won it that would have been huge. Like he could have, like you know, either gone up to the main roster or well, gone I back he to. Did win it. 
No, he he won a, he won the tournament to oh, like be right. a part of that. Yeah, and he was just like some scrub that walked out with the rest of the guys. So it was like, wow, like what the heck? Like here's you just this guy. It. Well, I know, but like that, they could have done something there, where you know, whatever. But it is what it is. And on the topic of Kenta, though, I feel like it from a business standpoint, it is smart. I mean, Luke, you said what he's thirty nine. If he's already a Japanese legend, where with yeah. WWE yeah. he still has to. He doesn't have to earn his stripes necessarily, but obviously with the injuries he's had, he's not that well known uh, no. to a casual fan in WWE. Uh, so, I mean, you go to New Japan, you're already a Japanese legend. You really don't have to work to to get that status that you already have there. Uh, you experienced mania. I mean, I don't mean to keep saying the mania experience, but like he didn't he obviously didn't do everything you could do, um, but he's playing it smart. Uh, he's playing it safe, too. And that's sort of the thing you see, too. I mean, guys are willing to make that sacrifice to go to NXT and WWE and literally start from the ground up. Because, I mean, and it, and it always seems to pay off, especially if you're a former Ring of Honor world champion. Like, all of them end up being main eventers. <laughs> Fucking all of them. <laughs> but uh, that's something Jericho, I think, pointed out uh, on his podcast a couple of years ago. He said anyone who's ever been Ring of Honor world champion eventually became, like, either a WWE champion or at least a main eventer there. I can't think of one who didn't, all right? I can't. I'm trying to think. Because, everybody. like, Adam Cole is obviously an NXT. Well, he was the NXT champion, so, I mean, that's... Yeah. Or he is the NXT champion. Is he? No, he's not. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He is? Oh, oh boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, shoot. You're takeover right. Takeover just happened. Yeah, that's why I forgot about that takeover. I was thinking about the first takeover, like the the first match, because I heard today that they're going to do a third match at the uh, SummerSlam takeover, uh, or part three of the Gargano and and Cole like saga, I guess you can say. So that should be interesting. Gargano. <laughs> it's actually Gargano and Champa because that's how they pronounce their own fucking name. So when people say Gargano and Champa. Well, for it's years, <laughs> I, for years, I feel like they always said that, and then they get to NXT, and then it changed. I go by how they pronounce their own last name. I said Champa too. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, as soon as I heard him say Champa, I'm like, okay, now I know how to say it. But I could have sworn <laughs> for years they like outside of NXT and stuff. That's how they said. I don't know, whatever. Now, okay, see, well, Mike, I know that you're different, but some people don't like it when their last name is pronounced incorrectly. Yeah, what's that like? I anyway. Um, <laughs> So, so talking about NXT, here's a question that, that I thought of that I wanted to see what you guys thought about. Do you think now that like AEW is like where people are trying to go to and WWE is trying to re-sign, do you think like working for NXT, I know right now you don't get paid as much. Do you think that maybe they raise and increase the, the payments for working in NXT now that AEW is a they thing? They have so. actually. I think I read that, that they have, yeah. Where it could be like a full, like it would be like main roster money just in NXT, and it would still be like that. You know, I feel like NXT is kind of like that indie vibe, but it's you know WWE, so it's kind of like it's WWE done well. So I don't know, maybe it's kind of like a, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Approach to it, um, because at the end of the day, that's what um, the guys who aren't who aren't signed and who have never been signed are going to look at is. Okay, I'm I'm gonna end up in NXT or I'm gonna end up in AEW. Uh, and for the instant gratification, they might go with AEW just because of the fact. Listen, we're already gonna be on pay per view. It's a better schedule. Um, but with NXT, that's still WWE. So you got pros and cons. But I think WWE's gonna have to step up the pay. 
It just depends on the performer. I mean, if you want to be immortalized in the WWE history books and like Ryan said, you want to do the mania thing and you want to make your money. I mean, ultimately that's, you're going to go there no matter what. And all those guys start from the bottom and like undisputed era and whatnot. And it'll pay off. I mean, they're the top guys there on the brand and it's just a, it all depends on the performer, but anyway. And what's kind of crazy is so many people keep saying like, oh, so-and-so is going to go to AEW or whatever. But I feel like their roster is kind of, it's kind of gotten to like a point where I think they could, you know, they're, they're good for a little while. You know? I don't even, oh. I, have we gotten a count on how many? I yeah. You, if you go to their website, they have like the entire roster, uh, on yeah, like you, their website. I can ahead. check that for you. Yeah, do it. All right, talk about something uh, while I speaking, look that up. Speaking of NXT talents, uh, did you guys hear ACH is now going to be uh, going by Jordan Miles? Yeah, what? and then Trevor Lee is Cameron Grimes. And... Yeah, there's like a tournament of like new names or something. I, yeah. I'm not in favor of uh, – well, you know what? They do get to pick their names from what I understand, so you can, can't good. really shit on it. Like I, I who changed no, – well, fucking uh, – what's his name? DJ Z. His name is like Pablo um, – what is it? Oh, someone help me. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, so, no, not Pablo, but come on, damn it. It starts with a P. Uh, Joaquin. Joaquin <laughs> Wild. Yeah, so Joaquin was his grandfather's name, and Wild describes his in-ring personality or whatever, so that's what he said. So AEW has about 50 talent on the roster right now. 50? 50. Did you count the refs? I didn't count. I didn't count the refs. I didn't think they. I didn't think they counted. Oh, the disrespect. <laughs> well, they're yeah, not wrestling. The great Rick Knox. How you can you disrespect? They have five. They have five referees. So that that's good. And uh, a lady referee, which WWE has, but really only in NXT, I think. I think so. Yeah. So, I don't know. I could see. I, obviously, they. I, I feel like they always have room for more in AEW, but. I feel like they want to keep it to a good like 50 or 60 because then they can use them. And obviously weekly television, like they're going to you know, have time for all these guys over, you know, the however many weeks because it is going to be weekly. And that's one of the things going back to the all out show next year. It's going to be different because there's going to be they're, they're going to be in a new city every single week. So the demand isn't going to be as high for the one show. It'll still be crazy. It'll probably still sell out next year and double or nothing and whatever the other two shows are in, you know, a good 30 minutes or whatever. But there's not going to be, you know, 72,000 people trying to go to one show because it's going to be, you know, drawn out over every single week in a new city. So it might be California one week and then Vegas the next and then, you know. It's going to be different as uh, TV starts, so it's interesting. Well, I'm just excited for Triple or Nothing next year. I think it'll be uh, – <laughs> I might have to skip that one, though. And on that note, we've been here a while, talked for a while. Mike, what are we sitting at time on? We're sitting at a good 35 minutes. You think it's time to wrap it up, guys? I think so. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was running out of steam. You know what? They don't call it the worst podcast I've ever heard for nothing. We kind of just uh, – talked about it talked about things non-stop and now i'm out of steam we hit it and quit it <laughs> I, I, I mean we we all blew our loads so anyways wow. let's go ahead and plug our stuff 
Well, you can catch me every Monday night on TNT. Uh, no, what do you want me to plug? I don't know. Our Twitter. Yeah, our Twitter's <laughs> are on the. It's on the. It's on the little picture on the little icon thing on iTunes. Oh yeah, there we go. Isn't that a cool little graphic gang that Pico set up for us? Now we don't have to put it in you the know, description or say it. Mike, thank you for everything you do for us. And yeah, uh, I appreciate thank it. Thank you for being here. I always hate it when people say that to me at work, but thank <laughs> you for being here. I get that a lot. And on that note, you're such a good guy, Mike. <laughs> and on that note, we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>